Are you an accredited investor looking for a new opportunity to generate passive income and build the retirement of your dreams? Then elevate your investment game with Viking Capital, where wealth meets wisdom. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting out, Viking Capital can help guide you towards financial freedom through passive real estate investing. With strong and transparent underwriting, Viking identifies low-risk opportunities with the goal of preserving investor capital and maximizing long-term growth potential. And their accessible and responsive investor relations team will help you understand how each investment will impact your unique financial goals. With $800 million in assets acquired, more than $230 million in equity raised, and more than 5,000 units under management, Viking Capital is your path to early retirement. To learn about Viking Capital's latest investment opportunity, which is available for you right now, visit go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best. That's go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best to get started today. Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, Promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Use good contractors and professionals. Trust them, but hold them accountable. Blind trust can be a dangerous thing. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest-running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Ash Patel, and I'm with today's guest, Robert Band. Robert is joining us from Fort Collins, Colorado. He is the Vice President of Commercial Insurance at Assured Partners. Robert is going to share some insights on the insurance industry as well as risk and premium reduction tips. Robert, thank you for joining us and how are you today? I'm great. It's nice to be with you and your audience. Robert, great to have you. Before we get started, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Sure thing. I am a Miami, Florida native. I went to University of Florida, got my accounting degree. I practiced as a CPA for about 10 years and then was a controller, then CFO of a few companies, some public, some private, and a couple real estate companies. And how did insurance play into this career? Well, risk is a major part of being a CPA and an accountant. And I just decided after so many years of a financial background, I wanted to 
do something in the risk and insurance arena and just made the switch and learned a lot of lessons when I made that switch. Why would somebody want to go into risk? You came from real estate, you came from other industries. What was it about risk that attracted you? Well, part of it was I wanted to take advantage of my financial background, but also be in business development and out from behind the desk and in front of the desk and in front of people and felt like I had the ability and the background. And I had been a buyer for 20, 25 years of insurance. I had a base knowledge and I said, well, let me go become a risk advisor and specialize in real estate. There's a lot of good books written on flipping houses, syndications, multifamily. Why is there no good books written on how to get the right insurance, how to get the best premiums, how not to be overinsured or underinsured? Why are these all secrets? It's a great question. And I'm going to guess it's two reasons. One is the insurance industry is opaque. It's not an area that people have an appetite for. If there was a book, maybe a few copies would sell. Yeah. So that's probably the two reasons. But the insurance industry, and and you touched on something that is close to my heart, it's not transparent. And we don't know how underwriters do what they do, except that they like low losses, and they like newer construction, and they like new roofs and new wiring and things like that. But beyond that, in terms of how to buy it better, how to get your best deal, That's got to come from a broker who's willing to open the kimono and say, here's the process that you need to follow. And these are the 40, 50 financial levers we need to pull for you in order to get your best deal. What were some examples that you later found out, but you got screwed on throughout your career? So when you learned all of the magical insights, looking back, you're like, man, why did I do this? Or They got me on this one. I got to believe that in my CFO career, I could have saved a lot of money if I knew then what I know now. And when I made the switch to risk, I learned that as a CFO and a detail-oriented CFO, I knew about 10% of what I needed to know. So I didn't know about warranties and protective safeguards. I had never read my policy. I'm going to venture most people don't. And there are tricks and traps that benefit the insurance companies in there. I literally did what most people did. I filled out apps. I gave my insurance broker an SOD, and they came back with quotes. And in between, I had no visibility of what they did. I never even saw a marketing report of who they went to and what those carriers said. Most carriers decline a few quote, but there's a process That starts, it's a year-round process. We follow, in my case, we follow a timeline and everyone's got their roles and responsibilities. Six months out, there's a loss review where we go through any losses and we update the lender requirements and the named insured list. And that begins the six-month renewal process with various milestones. And when you follow that methodical process, and the insured sees what the broker's work is along the way, then the insured can be confident that they're getting the best deal because the best deal doesn't come from having multiple brokers running around and getting quotes. Interesting. So what are the mistakes that most people make when identifying a broker or picking an insurance carrier? 
Well, the broker is probably going to pick the carriers based on relationships, knowledge of market, who has an appetite for what. Selecting a broker, I think the best way is to focus on the process. Don't ask them much more than tell me about what the ideal state of your process looks like. I want to know what it's going to feel like, what it's going to look like. I don't want last minute quotes at the end, 11th hour. And listen to that process because just like you underwrite a deal and your listeners underwrite a deal, there's a discipline process. What does that look like? Is it thorough? Is it detailed? Is it transparent? And ask questions and review their work. So the beginning of the process is a submission. You all prepare a statement of values. That statement of values needs to be complete. It's not often complete with proper construction replacement cost values. Business income is often misstated. Sometimes square footage is even misstated. So these details that are in the SOV are meant to give the insurer a clear picture of what they're insuring, how old it is, what type of construction. The more details, the better. And if you review the submission, then you're approving what your broker is going to market with. When they start marketing it, you want to have weekly meetings. Tell me 60 days out what my initial rate looks like and plan my cash flow. I'm not going to get surprised. And then four weeks out every week should be an update on that rate and what's going on and the improvement that the brokers made to that rate. And a couple weeks out should be the deadline for the quotes. So details is something that's often missing. So what's important to an underwriter? They want a good submission. If you imagine a shoebox with a bunch of papers in it versus a submission that's tied up with a ribbon, the beautiful one's going to get their attention and their best effort. So what should we be providing to the broker? I'll give you a list. Let's say that this is a first year on an account. I, as a broker, I'm going to ingest a lot of information, starting with a statement of values, because a statement of values will have every property on it. And then that gives us a picture that we're going to go to the underwriters with, which will tell us once we slice and dice it, whether a master policy will make sense, whether maybe a master and a couple separate make sense, the separate ones being high risk states like Florida and Texas. The lender requirements, sometimes the capital stack has four, five, six players. We need to know their requirements and we need to decide whether we get a master policy at the highest of those limits or whether we get separate policies to placate certain of those partners and lenders. The named insured list is very important. So the corporate chart, who owns what, so that the entities that own the property and the entities that own those are insured. Loss runs, always a nuisance for insureds, but it's the number one thing that underwriters are going to start with. Is this a highlight? What are loss runs? When an underwriter starts on an account, they want to see five to seven years of loss runs. So that means going back to the insurer's property, liability, whatever the policy was, and going back to those carriers and getting updated loss runs, which is going to reveal what claims there were, 
whether they're open or closed, how much was paid and how much is reserved if they're still open. And when you take the historical losses and divide it by the historical premiums, that becomes a loss ratio. Insurance companies want that to be below 50%. Because if they're paying out more than that, they've got the expenses of running their business, of adjusting claims. And if they're running higher than 50, they're going to view that as a high-risk account. So loss prevention is a big key. Loss runs, keeping track of who your insurance companies were over year over year and who the broker was, because you're going to go to the broker of the fifth earliest year and say, I need loss runs from 2016 to 2022. And then you go to the next one. If you had the same broker all the way through, you get it from them. So tracking and keeping loss runs and knowing who to go to every year for updated loss runs is good. We'll get back to the show with first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Are you a real estate investor looking to break into the multifamily investing space? Have you heard of MFIN Con happening in Charlotte, North Carolina, June 12th through the 14th? The Multifamily Investor Nation Convention is a place to learn from over 60 high-level apartment investors while networking with more than 700 additional investors. If that's not enough for you, A-Rod, yep, Alex Rodriguez, 12-time Major League Baseball All-Star with over $700 million of commercial real estate assets, will be live and in person speaking at the event. Also speaking is the one and only Dr. Robert Cialdini, the godfather of influence and the award-winning author. I personally love his books. So be sure to secure your tickets to this live in-person event before they're gone. Go to MFINCON.com for more details. Sponsorship opportunities are also available. Visit MFINCON.com today. Use the promo code BESTEVER to get $200 off your tickets. That's MFINCON.com. Everyone is looking for a recession-resilient investment. How can you try to prevent from losing money by picking the wrong fund and sponsor? Right now, you can get Reliant Real Estate Management's free guide, 10 Things to Consider in a Real Estate Investment Fund, by visiting besteverreliant.com. Answer questions like, is the organization's focus on you? And does the fund keep employees? Reliant Real Estate Management is ranked one of the top 20 largest self-storage operators in the country with $1 billion in self-storage assets. After completing three funds, and selling 38 properties with $0 of investor principal loss. They have an average project level IRR of 33% in just over 3.5 years. Visit besteverreliant.com right now to receive the 10 things to consider in a real estate investment fund and get access to their latest investment opportunities. That's besteverreliant.com, B-E-S-T-E-V-E-R-R-E-L-I-A-N-T.com. Robert, I've got a lot of fellow investors in Florida, and they're expecting a 75 to 100% increase year over year in their insurance rates. What's going on with the future of coastal areas? Well, until climate change reverses, it's probably here to stay. I don't think we'll see that level of increase year over year. So what are the hot buttons right now for insurance companies? Replacement cost estimates, roofs. We just came back from meeting with 16 carriers. Those are the two hottest buttons on their list. Replacement cost, why? Because prior to the pandemic, replacement cost, inflation was low. There weren't supply chain issues. And replacement costs didn't migrate year to year materially. 
Now we know what wood and steel are doing. They're way up, they're down a little, but clearly the replacement costs are higher and insureds should accurately cost out the replacement cost because that's what insurance carriers base their premiums on. And that's what they're going to pay out when a claim is. They're going to replace what's there. So with climate change and weather events, these are catastrophic areas, Florida, Texas, California, even the Midwest with convective storms, tornadoes, hailstorms, et cetera, are worse than they used to be. So property rates are probably not going to go down anytime soon. The insurance companies pass off some of their risk to reinsurance companies. And those reinsurance companies have paid out claims that they never expected to pay out in recent years. Why? Because replacement costs are higher. And when it comes time to pay a claim, they thought they would be paying over a $10 million limit. And the property was insured for $4 million, way underinsured. And it comes in at $18 million replacement cost. So now this reinsurer is paying 18 minus the 10 that they attach at. So now they're increasing the rates on the insurance companies and the insurers are passing that on to the policyholders. Roofs, now insurance companies are demanding newer roofs at a much younger age. They have new technology, they have drones, They have Google Earth. They have many ways of looking and seeing the condition of a roof, whether there's puddling, whether there's decay, and they don't want to insure a bad old roof. So they'll change from replacement cost to actual cash value, which is way less than replacement cost. So essentially an insured with an older roof that's not acceptable to an insurer is virtually self-insuring their roof if in fact the insurance company gives them ACV. Man, that's a lot to deal with. The two hottest buttons is rates are going up. The reinsurance treaties that renewed in the summer of this year didn't go well rate-wise. So going into Q4 and early 2023, insurance can expect material rate increases. Yeah, we're seeing that. With the financial industry, a lot of brokers get kickbacks depending on where they deploy your capital. Is that similar with the insurance industry? I've never heard of any kickbacks in the insurance industry. Okay. So it's pretty legit. We are brokers. We are accountable to the insured and the insurance company. So we have to play by the rules and we get commissions for placing a policy We can charge fees, by the way, and not get commissions, but the insured is going to pay us the fee. So do different insurance companies pay different commissions? And does that sway the decision of the broker? I've never seen it sway a decision in our real estate vertical and our company because there's so few carriers now, especially in Florida, Texas, California. We got to go to the ones that we know have an appetite and we're always meeting with new ones and updating the old ones' appetites. So we got to get coverage. It's not so easy anymore to get coverage. So it's not Wall Street. (laughs) Generally, the commission percentage is within one or two points. So maybe this one may pay X and the other may pay X plus 2%. It's not material and it's not the driving force for our decisions. Understood. What does Assured Partners focus on? 
Well, Assured Partners is the fifth largest property and casualty advisor in the country. So we have numerous verticals. The biggest are real estate, transportation, energy, senior living, construction. There's others, but those are some of our largest. And we're in all 50 states, obviously, and lots of resources. Is there a minimum asset value to come on with you? No, because like any large broker, we have the property and casualty side of the business. There's the employee benefits, which is life, health, and disability, and 401k. There's personal lines, so homeowners and auto, and then there's small business. So within the property and casualty, at least in our company, there's the small business unit, which handles smaller accounts and any size real estate portfolio or assets. And then there's the core PNC, which are larger accounts. Your thoughts on umbrella insurance for personal and business? You need it. but it's also much more expensive than it used to be. And why is that? So there's a term called social inflation that we hear a lot in the insurance industry. It means that plaintiffs are getting more favorable judgments. So what used to be under a million dollar judgment is now piercing that and going into the umbrella layer. So if if you have a general liability limit of a million, A million isn't that much anymore. So if you're an individual, maybe you look at your assets and your net worth and you say, well, if they depose me and they know what I'm worth, they go after a bigger judgment. So maybe I need 2 million umbrella, 5 million umbrella. And similarly on commercial property, one just needs to assess what their risk is and what their risk tolerance is. Some People have a high risk tolerance. Some have a low risk tolerance. Loss prevention, though, is the number one. So on liability, if you walk around your house or you're outside of the house or your commercial property, what could go wrong? Whatever you think could go wrong and sticking up out of the ground or whatever, that should be fixed because if it could go wrong, it probably will at some point. So The goal is never have a loss, but if you have one, have insurance in case. Robert, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Well, I think beyond location, follow a disciplined process. Don't overreach. The money is made on the purchase, not the sale. Run the property well, maintain it, protect it, and follow an underwriting process and follow a management process once it's an operating property. Use good contractors and professionals, trust them, but hold them accountable. Blind trust can be a dangerous thing. Good advice. Robert, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? I'm sitting down. Let's roll. All right, Robert, what's the best ever book you recently read? Loved Snowball. It's a biography of Warren Buffett. Robert, what's the best ever way you like to give back? I'm a philanthropic investor. Philanthropy Investor is a movement to awaken the philanthropist in all of us, but it's not giving charity. It's investing for a return, but investing in businesses that help people and the planet. So it's using our money to do good and in the process do well. And I am a founder in Colorado and an ambassador 
I help turn other people onto philanthropy investing. And Robert, how can the best ever listeners reach out to you? My email is robert.band, B-A-N-D, like rock and roll band, at assuredpartners.com. And my phone is 305-467-5909. Robert, I got to thank you for your time today, giving us some insights on the insurance industry. You were a CPA, became a CFO, and were drawn to risk. You're passionate about it. So thank you for sharing a lot of that insight with us today. It was my pleasure. And it was nice meeting you and your audience. And thanks for having me. Thank you again. Best ever listeners. Thank you for listening to us. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review. Share this episode with someone you think can benefit from it. Also follow, subscribe, and have a best ever day.